Do you want me to play the intro music? Oh, yeah, yeah, play the intro music. Okay. <laughs> Warm me up here. Okay, here we go. Welcome to Double Cuzzies. On this very special episode, we have a guest star. Give it up for Kalia. It's a very special episode because it's also our first. And we have Kalia on today because she is my double cousin. And uh, she'll be with us every single episode because she's also a co-host. Every ep- I'm half of the double cousins. Yes. So. so you're a full cousin then. Yes. yes. We're double cousins and you're half. So. Oh, that's confusing now. That's confusing ha- now? Double, double cousins and half... What do you mean half? If you're half of the double cousins, oh, half of then this. you're one cousin. Yes. Because our powers combined are double cousins. Yes. So what are double cousins? Well, double cousins, it can get a little bit confusing. But for us, double cousins, this happened because I have a mom who is married to my dad and had me as a child. Oh. Yes. Okay. That's how it happens. And then... My mom's brother married my dad's sister, who are Emily's parents. And I'm Emily. That's, yes, that's Emily. Yeah. That's my co-host and guest <laughs> of every episode. <laughs> <laughs> so essentially, we have the same exact extended family, right? Yeah. And Emily looked it up online, and genetically, we share 50% No, of that'd be crazy. No. No. That's, that's, no, 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 no. 25%. 25, 25, <laughs> yes. 25, yeah. We have as much shared DNA as half-siblings, mm. I believe, okay. is what I Googled. Okay. I should have written that down. But <laughs> anyways, celebrity comparisons for double cousins, what would that be? Yeah. That would be like... If Julia and Eric Roberts married Oliver and Kate Hudson and they had kids and we, we were those kids. Yeah. yeah. That's a good, yeah. Yeah. So that'd be like us, but very white. And better at acting. Than <laughs> Speak for yourself. <laughs> I didn't know there was an Eric Roberts. Yeah. If you look him up, you will recognize him. Oh. Yeah. So anyways, this is our podcast. <laughs> Nobody's listening to it anyways. No. So us, along with being the co-host, we are the only two audience members. So that's fun. Yeah. And, and if any other family members have found their way to this. How did you how, find out? How? how? I'm sorry. <laughs> it's not about you directly. <laughs> but you're involved. But you're definitely involved. You're a main contributor to what yeah. drove us to start this podcast, I suppose. Yeah. Maybe we should talk about what this yeah. podcast is supposed to be about. What was the, the impetus for this podcast? Well, I feel like the past couple years, Emily and I have had very interesting conversations because we do share the same family and we grew up very close with each other and just know each other's backgrounds. A lot of the things we face as adults, I feel like we can bounce off of each other in a very unique way. And it's like we understand exactly how each other's childhoods were. I mean, our childhoods, we were there. <laughs> yeah, our childhoods were pretty different, but they're, the background, like explaining, it's like that's just all built in. We understand. Yeah. 
So, and I think too, the past couple of years, both of us have been working on understanding our emotions better, why we are the way we are. Our lives are very different, but that's a really interesting dynamic to me. So, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, we grew up for the most part within 15 minutes of each other, spending every single family holiday event together for 20 years of our lives. <laughs> and then I moved away across country and back and back to California and West Coast. And, and so I think we have different adult experiences, but very similar childhoods. So it's an interesting like comparing how we interact in the world as adults, given that experience as children. And I think the pandemic has definitely been part of it of, you know, we've done a, a better job of keeping in touch with each other during the pandemic too. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, having a lot of conversations about like, the world at large and what the fuck is going on and <laughs> and how to cope with that. And like, I think that it stirred up quite a lot of emotions maybe that we didn't know were there, especially with the rise in Asian hate crimes mm-hmm. of, you know, this always this inner tension of how Asian do you identify yourself as, mm-hmm. you know, as an Asian American. And given that our family is super, super Americanized, mm-hmm. that our family has been in this country for five generations at this mm-hmm. point. So I think it's it's nice to have somebody who understands the family history mm-hmm. as well as the shared experience of being an Asian American mm-hmm. millennial woman in this country right now. Yeah, it's interesting though because you say yeah, our family has been in the US for is it five generations? I think so, yeah. But that's on one parent one side in that yeah, so my dad and Lee's mother are First, first generation. generation, but not even born in the U.S., immigrated to the U.S. They're generation zero. Yes. Yes. Gen- so we are first generation on that side, and we are, I think, fifth generation yeah. on the other side. So it's like one side of the family is very American, but still technically, ethnically, fully Asian, <laughs> fully Chinese. But in terms of culture and like mannerisms, language, you know, very, very American, only mm-hmm. speaks English. And then combined with the other side of the family, that's, you know, definitely different cultural influences. So it's an interesting mix. And I think that, too, it's like, well, I myself, I feel like I'm very American, but physically, aesthetically, I'm not white by any means. So it's like I identify as Asian American, but... Listeners, I'm looking at her right now, and I can confirm that she is indeed not, not white-looking. Not white, yes. Not white, yes. Yeah, just she's a not-white yes. box. Although on a future episode, we are going to talk about who we've been uh, not mistaken for, because people know that mm-hmm. we're not the celebrities that they yell at us. Yeah. But yeah, I, I would say I've, I've gotten mistaken, not mistaken, compared to white celebrities. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're confusing to people. We can be. <laughs> we are enigmas. We are yeah. racial enigmas, def- despite the fact that we are 99.8% Chinese, yeah. ethnically. Yeah. I did the 23 and me, and it applies I, to you, because we're you, double cousins. Yeah, 23 and me, And too. you, 23 and you, and me. And 20, the 24th. You're the 24th. So. That was not a double cousin no. thing. That would be, no. That'd be like if we shared 100% of our DNA. Yeah, that'd be. We're, we are the same person. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so... Yeah. What else? What are we going to talk about on this podcast? This kind of random shit, I suppose. Yeah, I think this random shit. I mean, I think something that's pretty interesting about us is that we grew up very close to each other. I'm still in Arizona. Emily's in Oakland. And just atmospherically, it's very, very different. So I think that gives us unique perspectives on just shit going on in the world, 
what we face personally, the workforce, culturally, but it all kind of comes back to that shared family background. Relating it back to that, and then it's just a lot of like unpacking. Welcome to our brains. <laughs> unpacking our brains. We're working on all of this, but yes. I think it's it's helpful for us to talk to each other. And I feel very grateful that I have somebody who we share perspectives, we share a background, but um, we can help each other in understanding all of that and everything to come. And I will say too that I think for the most part, Asian Americans, Asian immigrants, stereotypically or not, typically don't have types of conversations like these. Mm-hmm. And so to have somebody who has 25% of my same DNA to be able to have these conversations with, who knows all 25 in me and yeah, to who has all of the shared background. And it's just like a given a jumping off point. Then I think it's, it has definitely been a blessing. Yeah. And I think on top of that, the interest in exploring that background and being better and growing because of that background Mm -hmm. too. I think that's a big thing. And just back to like the emotional thing. I don't know. How would you describe that in our family or or how you experienced it? I think we have a range, depending on which side of the family, of talking about things in a very academic, philosophical way, but very removed from it Mm -hmm. personally. And then on the other side of it, to just not talking about it at all. And it is funny, or not funny, haha, but that it is the Interesting. Asian side, the Asian born and raised side, that is very much just, I'm going to take care of my family, I'm you know, going to provide for them, I'm going to make sure that they're comfortable, that they're happy, and, and, that's, and you know, navigating emotions or any of that, we don't need to talk about that. Mm-hmm. And on the other side, it's very much of thinking about how on a global scale, We've been impacted, but not really looking at the dynamics within the family and how that plays out in yeah. our daily lives and self-reflecting on it, I think. Yeah, yeah the self-reflection. Yeah. Is a, there's interesting conversations, but yeah, how do I relate to this or why is this important to me? That's yeah. Those are never questions. Yeah, and I think for both of us too, over the past couple of years especially, we've sort of come to this this place where we're not where we are are more awake to what we are deciding to do with our lives and in our lives instead of just sort of letting our lives wash over us. Mm -hmm. And so I think as a result of of asking ourselves those types of questions, you know, it drags up a lot of like, well, why am I doing what I'm doing now? How did I get here? Mm -hmm. And, And so like reflecting on how did we get here and then thinking about, okay, well, what are the things that drive us? And how does that maybe conflict with how we were raised mm-hmm. or not having those types of discussions of taking a non-traditional path mm-hmm. or pursuing something for the joy of it as opposed to needing to see a result from it. And so I think that's that was sort of the impetus for this podcast too, was that it was like, nobody's going to listen to this. This is an art project for you and me to just basically record some of these conversations that we've been having for posterity and our own entertainment and to learn some new skills as far as like recording and how to do a podcast and to put some more diligence, I think, behind keeping in touch and having these conversations about things and making progress in that. Uh, and so I think that like this is definitely going to be a very freewheeling podcast because yeah, it's just going to be very fluid. whatever strikes us at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it's going to be very fluid. Yeah. And it's crazy because Emily explains all those things and it's like I listen to it and I'm hearing 
her say this and it's all thoughts I've had and things I've said and I'm 30. How old am I? I look at my computer. (laughs) Computer? Tell me how old I am. I'm 32. And I feel like this huge part of me is like, this is stuff that I should have figured out or that I should inherently know. And I can easily beat myself up about that. Like, why am I not this, you know, why don't I have this emotional intelligence or this type of self-awareness? But I think it's really helpful you know, like to talk to Emily, someone who I'm very close to and no, like that's totally fine. And it takes a lot of work and it takes yeah. a lot of time and it can be, it's hard work and it sounds crazy saying that, but just emotionally it can be very difficult. And I think it's funny when we think about how we approach like our, our day jobs of if there was a skill that you needed to do your job better, you would look for training on how to do that. Or you would Google how to like how to do this. And when it comes to our personal lives, though, you know, at least myself and and yourself and I I think a lot of people, though, we don't take the time to kind of do that. And I think when I was younger, I would sort of laugh at like the idea of self-help books and those types of things. But if you're not going to help yourself, nobody is. (laughs) So and it's like if you're going to spend your time learning a skill, why not have it be a skill that's going to help you every single second of your life? Exactly. (laughs) I think it's a good time for a little break. So listeners, Kalia, our listeners. Yeah, you're listening. Okay, good. So because this podcast is really just an art project between the two of us, we have no sponsors. We have no intention of having sponsors. And we don't plan on making any money off of this. But if you want to throw some money our way in any way that you can, then that'd be awesome. But instead of having commercials, paid commercials, we have come up with some Real words from fake sponsors. I guess fake words from fake sponsors. Or it could be, yeah, yeah. Fake, fake words. They're, so, the words are real, but they're ours. And the sponsors are real, but they're not our sponsors. They're, <laughs> they're companies. I, I like to think of these as like the the spoof commercials on SNL. Yes. Which I used to, that was my favorite part yes. of SNL when I was little. I just wanted to watch the funny commercials, which I probably shouldn't have been watching SNL at As all. a child. <laughs> I remember a lot of it was like, the ambiguously gay duo would come on before the funny commercials and my mom would just be all awkward about it. And, yeah. Like, why does that car look funny, mom? Yeah, what does that look like? Don't worry about it. So it's like the funny commercials on SNL. But yeah, real words from not real sponsors, but some of them might be actually real companies. Yeah, and if any of those companies for some reason, are listening. I guess if you work there, Kalia, or if I work there, that'd be the only way that yeah. somebody working there would be listening. Yeah. Because <laughs> nobody's listening to this. No, li- like, nobody's listening to this. <laughs> so, yeah, but if if anybody is listening to this and you want to sponsor us and you'd like us to write some commercials for you yeah. and you want to pay us, then, you know, we'll we'll do that. We'll even write it for you. Yeah. We're, yeah. That's part of the conditions, actually, mm-hmm. is that we have to write it. Mm-hmm. So... That's double cuzzies for you, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, on that, we will take a break and enjoy this commercial. Am I racist? Is recycling a lie? How do I break free from being a pawn in our capitalistic society? Should I get bangs? Introspection is hard and can give anyone a headache. When you're spiraling into a pool of self-loathing, we're here to help you face your problems head on. Head on, apply directly to the forehead. 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 
probably won't do shit except make your forehead feel super greasy and smell weird, but available at Walgreens without a prescription. Welcome back, uh, listeners. So, Kalia, welcome back from the break. I hope you enjoyed that commercial, yeah. whatever that was. <laughs> that was, that was, that was something. That was really <laughs> that was something, something that I made. That's not what I was expecting. Oh, I'm so excited to hear all. your yeah. your uh, fake commercial then. Yeah. yeah. I'm excited, too. Yeah. All right. So now we're back. <laughs> yeah. Is there... So Emily has two children. Is there a, a different weight on on discovering and figuring this part of yourself out with kids? I think so, for sure. Because like you said, you know, you're 32. I just turned 35 like a week ago. And like, we're just coming to these realizations now. We're just asking ourselves these questions now. And anybody who's over the age of 35 listening to this and be like, oh, shut up. Like, you're still babies. You still have your whole life ahead of you. But I think as fast as my kids can come to a place where they understand what they're interested in, like how to operate in the world, how to deal with their own emotions. Mm-hmm. I think that the happier they will be, the sooner they can get there, the better. Mm-hmm. And so me doing the work now is hopefully moving the wheel forward of mm-hmm. it's not going to be as hard for them to do it. Yeah. And I think that like when we look at our family, when we think about one side of it being very Asian mm-hmm. and one side of it being very Americanized, mm-hmm. you know, we are not the first Asian Americans in our family. Yeah. And so we're not the first ones dealing with living between two worlds and people speaking Chinese to us randomly on the street when we don't know what they're saying or assuming that we don't speak English, you know, or telling us to go back to where we came from. Mm. We're not the first generation of our family to be dealing with this, but we maybe are the first generation who's dealing with it bombarding us every Mm. single day on social media and not being able to escape it. And how do I prepare my kids (laughs) for that, for the metaverse? Or maybe they just pass as white in the metaverse. They can just yeah, choose an avatar. Choose. Everybody's white in the, in the metaverse, yeah. basically. <laughs> yeah, I think that's, I mean, I definitely don't feel that way because I don't have kids. But it's funny that you, not funny, but interest, I found There's that, a lot of things that we're going to talk about that we're going to say, that's funny, that's and it's funny. not funny at that's all. That's our way of coping. Yeah. Like you, you were saying to equip yourself with this knowledge as they develop emotionally, like ensuring that they're happy. You know, and I think that's yep. a very our family thing. Like, if you're happy, everything is good. Everything's right. okay. But it's like there's a whole range, and I'm still figuring that out. And when I hear you talk about your kids, like, Kiki is only three years old mm-hmm. tomorrow, mm-hmm. and he already picks up on emotions. Like, that is crazy to me. So it's like you, yeah. it can never be too soon for yourself. And then especially when you have kids. you Yeah. And I mean, in some cases, children are just, the raw, raw emotions that we all have, mm-hmm. right? And it's, it's. I think it's who we become as adults. It's the time spent. Are you either understanding, coping, and applying your understanding of your own emotional state, or are you repressing? Mm-hmm. And so the more time yeah. that you spent doing the former versus the latter, yeah. the more adjusted of an adult you're going to be. Mm-hmm. And this concept of like happiness is going to be easier to achieve because you're going to understand what that is. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think happy, you know, that can mean so many things of, well, does it mean that you're financially comfortable? And so, you know, we'd have the privilege of not having to worry about starving mm-hmm. or being homeless. And that's a whole other range of mm-hmm. happiness being comfort levels, yeah. 
But then happiness of, do you feel creatively engaged? Is that something that you're even interested in doing? You know, are you happy that you are in a good job or that you are at a good company? Or is it like, oh, that you went to a good school? And it's this concept, this very traditional concept Mm -hmm. of, well, why wouldn't they be happy? But it's like defining all of that for ourselves and not just taking it for face value and unlearning the practice of just repressing things that are uncomfortable yep in order to achieve or to feel some sort of happiness in air quote i mean it's just there's so many layers to it and obviously we're still working on it (laughs) and it's like yeah it's i think for me a lot lately too it's how do i define those things and those things that i want for myself outside of just the example i was given because i don't necessarily have to just follow that right and i think you know with the pandemic also it has changed the nature of work And it's brought to light a lot of um, flaws that we have in a lot of our institutions, too. And so it's made people rethink a lot of things that we have just sort of either taken for granted for or just thought were, oh, that's the way society is. That's the way work is. And so now with, you know, the flexibility with a lot of jobs of you can be wherever, you know, you don't have to necessarily be working a nine to five. I mean, we work global based jobs anyways, like work with different time zones. And so I think tearing up that playbook of, you know, what work has to look like, what your life has to look like. And life doesn't have to be defined by work. Totally. And I think it's like a friend of mine said that it is a Herculean effort figuring out your own happiness and success. Mm -hmm. And so we shouldn't feel bad (laughs) if that is hard. Your very own. Yeah. Yeah. It's, It's easier... I feel like I've, I've often said that the reason why I got into the job that I'm in is I took the path of least resistance mm-hmm. of like, I think that I, I actually really like what I do. And so I'm lucky that I managed to like be in a field where it interests me, but it definitely was of not any sort of conscious decision-making of yeah. why am I choosing to major in it's this? It's just like, this makes sense. It feels right. Right. And the fact that we ask kids at 18 to decide what they want to major in is just insane. (laughs) Yeah. So, because here we are in our 30s and we're still like, what do we want to do with that? What do we want to be when we grow up? And I think the answer is is like, you're not going to be one thing. So if you are one thing, that's amazing, I guess. And you're happy with that. But I, 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 what's your quote quote unquote unquote, happy? (laughs) When we say it like that, listeners, so Kalia, when we say it like happy, Yeah, it's in quotes. So, yeah. But again, it's not to say that, like, we're unhappy. I think we're both very happy people. But at the same time, I think nobody starts a podcast when they're (laughs) they're 100% happy. There's a curiosity that goes with that that happiness or that stability. I think it's wanting more. You know, wanting more. And then it's, like, wanting more also for my kids, too, is a part of it. And, and, you know, and I'm sure that that's what my parents wanted for me also. Because I think that's universal, like... Deep down, parents want their kids to have an easier time than themselves. Yeah. It's just in which ways it's easier, I think, is yeah. the approach is different. Yeah, and I think, too, I mean, my mom will say often that you find in adulthood the things you are lacking as a child. Or that you were deprived of as deprived a child. Deprived of as mm-hmm. a child. Deprived. 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 <laughs> Espanol <laughs> pronunciation. <laughs> deprived of as a child so it's funny because her examples will be very like 
tactile. Like your your uncle loves air conditioning. Right. Like, it's at least my dad would say air conditioning <laughs> because he he keeps the house really cool now. And when they were young, it was like not allowed. Okay, yeah. Yeah. And my mom, it was sweets. And my mom, it was clothes. Yeah, clothes. And for your dad, we decided it was chores. <laughs> chores. <laughs> because he really yard overindulges work. in doing yard work. <laughs> but I mean, as I, right now at this stage of life, I feel like for me and perhaps for us and proven because we're talking about these things, it's kind of like emotional, emotional intelligence and not even that deep. It's just like the... Like being able to identify feelings and work with. Yeah. And I think, you know, when we think about how we are told to don't be so sensitive mm-hmm. or they're just trying to get a rise out of you, mm-hmm. you know, and to, to shut that down as opposed to feeling it, processing it and moving on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my brother, your other double cousin, mm-hmm. uh, young you know being a younger sister I would get picked on and it was oh he's just trying to do that to get a reaction out of you so that equipped me to deal with a certain kind of person Mm -hmm. in life but it didn't equip me to process how I would feel about that even if that person you can't control somebody else's behavior but you can control how you feel about it and how you respond to it I mean you you'll face difficult people who will be difficult for different reasons Mm -hmm. Uh, and I think that the better you are able to not let other people's emotional states affect you mm-hmm. is maybe something that more people need to be conscious yeah. of. <laughs> That's something I know I'm still working on because all of this is pretty new to me in the past couple of years. I feel like I tend to take things very personally. Like yes. if my partner is in a mood or someone is being a certain way, I automatically think like, oh, it's because of something I did or because of the way that I made them feel Mm -hmm. like it it's not always me it's typically never me but I feel like that's kind of the default when you don't have uh don't have the tools and the language to process it in a a more effective manner and I think part of it too is like as women Mm -hmm. societally we are sort of conditioned to think first that something is our fault and to say sorry. And and so to break that thinking, mm-hmm. especially as I have a daughter as well, and I want her to not think that way or to be in relationships where she feels that way about herself. Mm-hmm. I also want my son to not be mm-hmm. that type of partner either. So it's it's like you need to understand how somebody else is feeling and accept that and help them navigate that, mm-hmm. but to not take it personally when they're upset about something. Because I, I do the same thing, too. And I feel like that's it's just an easier way to process it. It's mm-hmm. not always, typically, never the right way, but it's easier because you kind of have control over it. Mm-hmm. Or I feel like I, I have control. It's a way of feeling like you have control over yeah. it anyways. Yeah. It fucks you up even oh, more. Oh, man, it really fucks you up, <laughs> and then you start a podcast with your cousin. Yeah. Oof. Welcome <laughs> to our brains. <laughs> <laughs> All right, listeners, well... This was something. Let's record an outro. Thanks for listening to Double Cuzzies, where we're cousins. And family. <laughs> oh, yeah, wait, wait. <laughs> I didn't have it. <laughs> that works too. Okay, go ahead. I'm accurate. <laughs> Not wrong. Okay, go again. Thanks for listening to Double Cuzzies, where we're cousins. And friends. But most importantly, we're family. Bye. Bye.